0: This is the wealth game podcast where business owners and investors learn the game of growing and keeping more of their wealth through the same tax and investment strategies used by the wealthy. Your host Brent Beeman is a CPA tax advisor and president of Beeman and company. Okay, this is part two of the beneficial ownership information reporting forums. And in this one, I'm just talking about the exemptions to it. So these, if you qualify under one of these exemptions, you do not need to file the form I mentioned in the last episode. That's the BOI form. That's what you got to file every year. It's, you got to file it for new businesses or file it for business changes. And I'm going to go through these 23 exemptions, which will apply to a lot of people, maybe collectively, but most of the people listening to this, it will probably not apply to you. And and I'll maybe I'll talk through some of these these things here. But so this the first exemption, and there's 23 of them total. And i'm not going to go into a ton of depth but you'll get the you'll get the point pretty quickly so the first one is you do not need to file this boi form if you are a securities reporting issuer so this is like an entity that issues securities under the sec They're the securities exchange act of 1934. so if you're one of those you don't need to file if you are a government like a governmental authority you don't need to file the boi form this is if you're under US US law or state law and you have government authority. Likely won't apply to most but it's not going to apply to business owners and LLC and corporation owners. If you are a bank, this does not apply to you. It might apply to some of you, but you have that exemption, you do not need to file. You need, do not need to follow the BOI if under federal banking laws, you're considered a bank. And number 4, if you're a credit union, similar to a bank, right? But not a lot not going to apply to a lot of people and you don't need to file the boi form and really the reason i think for a lot of these it's because they already have the government already has the information or there's like either as with the owners or the ownership structure is not really individuals and having foreign corporations and foreign people own these is is very or not as likely and so under these requirements and exemptions they're just thinking they don't need that additional filing information. Okay, then number five, if you're a depository institution holding company, basically a bank that owns other banks. So another kind of along the same line of banks. Then um, number six, if you are a money services business, there's gonna be businesses that are registered already with FinCEN, and that's the, the FinCEN is the, like the government agency that's collecting this information. If you're already registered with them as a money service business, you are going to be exempt from filing the BOI. And then number seven, if you're a broker or a dealer in securities. And securities, these are like a red, actual red broker actual dealer as defined in the Securities Act of 1934. Not a lot of people will qualify for that. Uh, and then th- number eight is if you're a securities exchange or clearing agency. And when we say securities, this is like stock market, stock exchange that's what I'm meaning by securities. That's what they put in the exemptions. Okay. Then number nine is if you're an other exchange, other exchange act registered entity. So still along the line of securities and stocks, public companies, if you're a registered agency or a registered entity for that, you're likely not needing to file the BOI. Okay. Then number 10, if you're an investment company or investment advisor, I think this, this is gonna be, it's gonna be one of those things, like with a lot of, like I do it a lot with the tax code, that's not black and white, it's a pretty big gray area. So if you have an investment company, like we're gonna need to dig into the exact definition of what that means, but an investment advisor, like if you're like a financial advisor, investment advisor, and you have a company set up for that, you might not need to do that, but it's, this is specifically for companies that are registered with the SEC. So you have to be registered with the SEC as an investment company or an advisor to be exempt. So it's like my investment company that owns my real estate, that's not an investment company for this exemption. I wish it was, but that's not going to be an exempt company because it's not registered with the SEC. Okay, then number 11 is the venture capital fund advisor. This is, again, you need to be registered with the SEC as a venture capital fund advisor, not just if you just... Put a label on yourself and say, I'm in venture capital and I'm raising funds. It's not like that. It's You can label yourself that way, but as you need to be registered with the SEC to have that exemption. And then number 12, an insurance company. An exer- insurance company is is exempt. And then I'm going to actually tell you number number 13, if you're a state licensed insurance producer, you're also exempt. So the insurance company, of course, that's the people, that's who is receiving the like the premiums and actually providing the insurance coverage. So not for an insurance salesman or insurance agent, but if you're a producer or an agent for sale for insurance, you could be exempt from that. Um, and you need, you need to be in the United States for all these. It's, these are us based companies for the exemption and number 14, a commodity exchange act registered entity. So if you are registered with the commodity exchange act, gonna be exempt. Number 15, I love this one. This is the accounting firms, a public accounting firms that are registered under the Sarbanes Act the Octa of 2002 are exempt. This is going to be like the large accounting firms. This isn't a tax preparation firm. This isn't CPA firms. These are public accounting firms that are doing public audits and they have additional registrations and like a typical smaller or even medium-sized accounting firm if they're not doing those public company audits. So it's not gonna be all accounting firms, probably not my accounting firm. We don't do public company audits like of the the publicly traded companies. It's gonna be those very large accounting firms. So then number 16, an exemption is the public utility, like a public utility company, corporation LLC. These are like, they're they're not all government, of course. There are water companies and power companies that are not government, but you are going to be exempt. If you are a public company or a public utility company. And then number 17, a fin- financial market utility. So this is these are utilities that are designated by the Financial Financial Stability Oversight Council. So it's not gonna be a lot of companies, but if you're a part of that council, you're gonna you're gonna know if you're established under that. Then number 18, a pooled investment vehicle is an exemption. You don't need to file if you are a pooled investment vehicle. And number nineteen, if you're a tax exempt entity, so this is for nonprofit organizations, and like you think, whether it's whether it's your own no, your own nonprofit organization or churches, uh, charities, those are tax exempt entities, and they'll also be taxed. They'll also be exempt from filing this BOI form, which is which is great. I think honestly, I think reducing the burden, the administrative burden, burden on the tax exempt entities the charities and nonprofits i think that's a great idea the number 20 and if you are an entity assisting a tax exempt entity then you could also be exempt but this this is this is one of those that i you know and when this stuff comes out there's not a ton of information on it yet so what exactly qualifies this is kind of the way my brain thinks and maybe some other people it's like Okay, who is an entity assisting a tax-exempt entity? Great, that sounds good. But is it any service provider, any vendor? Are they assisting them? What if they are a vendor and they're getting paid for it? Like when does that actually apply? That's that's one of those, that, that's a question mark in my opinion right now. I, I don't expect it's gonna be all vendors of tax-exempt entities, but um, companies that are supporting other tax-exempt entities there's some sort of exemption there we'll have to dig into it and this next one uh this is number 21 if you are a large operating company so this is if you have more than five million dollars of gross receipts and you have a physical presence like an actual physical presence in the united states then you can qualify for an exemption but you need five million dollars of gross exempt of gross receipts and whether it's tested over a Two or three year average, or it's just the prior year. I'd expect it's just the prior year. We're going to get some, some more information on that. But if you have more than five million dollars in gross receipts, you might not even need to file that BOI form. And I think the the government's rationale for that is like, okay, there's five million dollars. Five million dollars is harder to hide than smaller amounts. If you had that much gr- in gross receipts, there's going to be potentially ten ninety nines or owners that receive K ones. There's going to be cash that's reported from banks. Like it's just that, like it's just going to be. Easier to track, maybe. I, I don't. We don't know. We don't know why. We don't have any rationale be t- behind these exemptions. We've just got the exemption list. And then twenty two is if you're a subsidiary of certain exempt entities. This is one of the biggest ones. Like it's 20, 22, or this yeah number twenty two. But this is like if you've done tax planning or if you've done structuring and you're planning out your wealth and investments, you likely have corporations and LLCs potentially multiple LLCs and you have LLCs that own other LLCs or holding companies that own other LLCs like if you listen to any of my stuff that's that's what I recommend there's there's asset protection reasons for that legal liability legal and liability reasons for it there's tax reasons for it but it this is huge because say you have 10 entities you have one holding company and imagine that this one LLC partnership you have owns nine other LLCs if it owns nine other llcs would you need to file a boi form for each of those llcs i'm not expecting that you will as long as they're all owned by that one company if there's more than one owner then it's a partnership it's a standalone entity then that one probably does need to but if it's directly owned and 100 percent owned by another company as a, a, a wholly owned subsidiary i don't expect you need to file it specifically says it here and some of the other reading material i've read it's mentions that it doesn't. You do not need to file. So I think that's huge. That that could be that could get very expensive, and that could get time consuming for people, even though it's a simple form. But if you do a simple form, ten or twenty times for all your LLCs, it'd be a pain. So that's a gr- that's a great a great exemption in my opinion. And then the last exemption is an inactive entity. This is entities in existence before 2020. And if they're not actively engaged in business now, and they don't have foreign ownership. So they were open before 2020, and right now this is like 2023, 2024, they're not actively engaged in business and they're not owned by someone like a foreigner, like someone foreign to the United States, a non-citizen. So th- if you meet those three tests, um, then you won't need a file. Or if you're, yeah, if you were, before 2020, you're not doing business and not owned by a foreign person, then you don't need to file. It's just an old inactive entity. I don't know how they're gonna be, tr- I'm, I'm just guessing they're not even gonna ever expect any filing, but as soon as you start doing business again, then you would need to file. Okay, there's the 23 exemptions, covered quite a bit of it here. I like that 2022 or that 20 number 22, which is the the subsidiaries not needing to file. I think that's the best one in my opinion. And I'll I'll keep you guys updated on everything else as new information comes out on this. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Be sure to subscribe and please provide a review of what you thought of this episode. For specific topic requests or questions to be covered, please email questions at wealthgamepodcast.com.